0: This is
3: Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Sharp Money, v the Sports Betting Network as we open up a new week here on the program. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. I hope you had a nice weekend as the boys will join here in just a second. Of course, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas, Fremont Street there Bar Canada at the D as we open up the week and open up the show on this Monday, November 6th. We're going to close out tonight, week 9 NFL. The Chargers are at the Jets. Now, if you want to lay it with the Chargers, you can find a 3. If you want to take it with the Jets, you can find a a 3.5. Right now, DraftKings is showing the Chargers laying 3.5 and a total of 41. So we'll get to that game, that breakdown coming up in just a little bit. College basketball. I'm sure you've heard, is back over 150 games today across the board. Actually, I have some good news. Mr. College Basketball, Thomas Gable, who runs the race sports sportsbook at the Borgata in Atlantic City, texted me over yesterday. We can talk about these games. I'm all a big college basketball guy as well. We'll co- we'll talk college hoops, but three of the games that he sent me yesterday, the line has moved against him today, although he said CLV early on this Season may not mean as much, so we can talk about those three games from the one and only Thomas Gable. What else? We've got basketball, we've got hockey, we've got plenty to do. Just quickly, as we say hi to the boys, let's open up with some breaking news across sports, and then we'll get into, of course, the week that was the week nine in the NFL. We've got like, love, loathe to get to, and a lot to choose from as the big guy gets a kind of coy smile on his face for some reason. Probably because he just came from the doctor's office and he's in a good mood, I guess. I don't know why he's laughing at me. Why? Why are you laughing at me? I'm
4: scared you're going to ask me a question that's going to trigger me on a Monday.
3: I'm not going to ask you anything. I just want to say this quickly, though. Uh, Craig Council does have a new home, boys. Amal, he goes to the Cubs. A little awkward because David Ross is the Cubs manager. and He (laughs) is getting paid through 2024, but Council leaves Milwaukee and ends up with the Cubs here. If everybody can sign up for that Josh McDaniels
5: plan, you know, get paid but not have to work, it's fantastic. And it does seem like a little bit better fit from my perspective than going to New York. I think Council, who's a guy from Wisconsin, going right down the road to Chicago, a little bit simpler, easier for him. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cubs going forward.
3: Stephen Voigt, I think I'm saying it correctly, he was an all-star. He's going to replace Terry Francona. There with the Guardians in Cleveland, big guy. So Voigt, who's just 39. I just remember him as an Oakland A. And then the bench coach for the Yankees is staying in town, although he's going from one borough over to the next. The Mets grab Carlos Mendoza from the Yankees, and he'll be coaching in Queens. He'll be
4: managing your Metsies. Uh, First of all, Craig Council is going to make $8 million as the Cubs manager. That would make him the highest paid player on the athletics right now. So uh, good money for him as a manager. Uh, As far as the Mets hire, going to be honest, had to look the guy up. Had to ask my friends who are Yankee fans about him. You know what they said? We don't know who he is either, and he was on our bench the last couple seasons. It's a good thing the New York Mets fired Buck Showalter so they could bring in a guy who learned under a guy that should have been also fired this past offseason in Aaron Boone. Like, what are we doing here? Like, come on, you couldn't just kept Buck Showalter? This makes no sense. All
3: right, so the big guy fired up on a Monday about a guy he's never heard of. So maybe, I mean, maybe he ends up being a gem. And you're going to eat your words. I hope well, for your sake you
4: will. It's, well, it's like, what, what, how important is a baseball manager? One's getting $8 million, and the other one I have to Google to find out anything about him. And guess what? There's not that much out there about him. Well,
3: How important is a baseball manager? Ask the Texas Rangers, yeah, who in say. 61 years had never won a championship. Bring in Bruce Bochy, and 10 minutes later, they win one. I'd I rather, think that's
4: important. Yeah, I'd rather Ramiro Mendoza than Carlos Mendoza at this point. It's all irrelevant. <laughs> oh, gosh.
5: Optimistic Monday for the Metropolitans I see here. And listen, he's got 15 years on the Yankees bench. I'm sure he's learned a thing or two. He can deal with the pressure in New York probably better than a lot of other people can. Uh, let's give him a chance before we decide to throw him out on the first day.
3: And you are not just a Mets fan, but you're a Giants fan, so breaking news as we open up a week here on Sharp Money. Daniel Jones, you saw him go down awkwardly in Las Vegas right down the street from you guys, boys, with the knee injury. He has torn his ACL. The season is over. The week nine injury and loss to the Raiders. So Daniel Jones is officially out, all.
5: Yeah, this is obviously interesting now going forward where the Giants wind up with a draft pick, Patrick, because you've got some quarterbacks in this draft. Caleb Williams, Drake May, two of them, among many others, who you're going to be considering to make a choice on. He just signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract coming into this offseason. I still thought they should have franchise-tagged him. Now, when you look at this injury and the timing of it, we're in November— He's going to be out probably through what? The start of training camp at the very least. Um, I don't know how quickly that recovery would be for him, but the Giants have some big, big offseason decisions ahead.
3: Will they add a quarterback is fascinating because obviously Tommy DeVito is not the answer. <laughs> you don't think but so? But lo- we could be looking at some inflated numbers in these Giants games to close out the year. We've got a half a season to go and it could be Tommy
4: DeVito. That's a disaster. No, you made a great point. We don't know if Tommy DeVito is the answer. I think we need to find out. Let's find out if Tommy DeVito is the next franchise quarterback for the Giants. Tyrod Taylor shouldn't touch the field. Tommy DeVito should take every snap. He should throw it at least 50 times a game. We should make sure as a Giants that Tommy DeVito, we see every single aspect of his game before the season is over.
3: Are you drunk? No. You have questions as to whether or not bada-bing, bada-boom, DeVito is your number
5: one? (laughs) No, He wants to ensure the first overall pick. I know
4: Tyron Taylor will get in the way
5: of the number one overall pick. He he wants to get that first overall pick. Uh,
3: I think that's fair.
5: You want Caleb to come with uh, Alex Grinch, bring him with him?
4: He can Help him uh, get employed. At this point, if we could get Caleb Williams on the Giants, he can bring whoever he wants. <laughs> he can bring yeah, you brought, his, yeah, his pedicurist, you bring, you, you, his manicurist, whoever's coming <laughs> along for the ride.
3: I will say this, I mentioned to you, because we don't do college football on Mondays, we've got plenty of week to do, but uh, I don't know, I don't know what the buyout, I don't know what the situation is with Lincoln Riley here in Los Angeles, I'm just going to tell you right now, it is a freaking disaster, first off, that Washington running back hadn't run for 100 yards all season, he went for like 270 against Alex Grinch's defense, and then Caleb, look, I I legitimately, the, the tough guys online that want to kill the guy for crying, that's not the issue. The issue is just the whole package. And when you're talking about Caleb Williams, who jumped up and, you know, was hugging his mom and was crying, and she covered him with a little placard there. I have no problem with that. I have a problem with him, Max Duggan, last year. Max Duggan was caught on camera crying after a loss last year, and he tweeted it. Caleb Williams was like, LOL. So I think it's more of just a personality thing that's starting to become, uh, I don't know if it's a red flag, um, all, but certainly Caleb Williams, there's some things popping up here, and it has nothing to do with showing emotion.
5: Yeah, I, I'm with you on the crying. I didn't have an issue with that. I want a guy who cares that much in this team that's not going to make the college football playoff, not going to win a Pac-12 title. And when you look at his career there between Oklahoma and USC, he's never going to have played in a college football playoff game. Really, that falls on Lincoln Riley, and it, and it's really unfortunate if you're a Trojan backer, but you're right. Dylan Johnson, I'm sure the UW fans, as much as the Purple People Eater fans up there are crazy about that team, they had to look up on the roster going, wait, Who?
3: Yeah, that was the big talk here in Los Angeles is Riley should have been fired for holding out on firing Grinch. Yeah. Like the idea that he was that I guess reckless with the program by keeping a defensive coordinator that absolutely just torpedoed the season. So I don't know. There's a lot of smoke here is all I'll say about the situation, the coaching position. Maybe you two were right, because I was higher on Lincoln Riley than the two of you. And right now, it's a disaster. It's a team that, not just defensively, they get pushed around up front
4: consistently game to game. He's James Franklin with a system. Like, he, he has an interesting offensive system that works, gets you to a certain point. He recruits really well. But when it comes to the big games disappears I, every single time.
5: I would actually say James Franklin's better because he doesn't have the same talent that's in Ann Arbor yeah. and Columbus, and he at least gets them to 10-2, and two, takes care of business against opponents he should. There's none I mean, did any of us think, I was not as high on the Trojans coming into the season as all the pundits had him going to the playoff, but did you guys think that USC would be sitting at three losses with a potential loss coming to UCLA? Uh, you've got another game down the pike here coming up against Oregon where you're a 15-point underdog. It's crazy. I mean, this team is looking at a 7-5 and five season, Patrick. I don't think too many people had the Trojans uh, looking re- ready for Andy Enfield's basketball team.
3: Yeah, I will say. I mean, he did. What, what do you have? Two Final Four appearances in Norman. Yeah. So yeah. if it, you can, you can have some. You can have a cross comparison to Happy Valley and Norman. And Riley did it. But I would agree with you guys. This has been underwhelming, and just the kind of way it's transpired here in Los Angeles, like year two. With all the fertile recruiting grounds and just the opportunities NIL wise here in Los Angeles, it should be going better for Lincoln Riley, and it's certainly not. Uh, If you did, um, maybe them all did. If you had Tottenham at plus money today at home against an overvalued Chelsea squad, it's 1 0 Spurs. All right, it's like plus 140. I was surprised to see that price for a team atop the table.
5: I was, too, and we get a quick goal here. I didn't even realize, uh, Patrick, that um, they already got on the score sheet pretty quickly in this one. Tremendous uh, matchup here in the London Derby. It should be a good one here, but you're absolutely right. This Chelsea team is kind of living on the name and the reputation. You're you're absolutely right. shouldn't have been a plus price, particularly playing at Spurs.
3: Did you get down on Tottenham Hotspur,
4: big guy? No, I got up on it. (laughs) You got up on it? James Brown style. Get on up.
3: All right. Well, when we return, boys, we've got plenty to do. It is a week nine that I found to be quite compelling. And I I don't know about you, and this is a big Cincinnati Bengal house. And even with that, I can't start with the Bengals. I have to go to Columbus by way of Houston. When we return... We, we have to – first off, we're going to start in Carolina and fire everybody that analyzed <laughs> the draft, okay? And I, hand to God, probably me as well. But if you're getting paid and you pass on C.J. Stroud and you're in a front office and you tra- and you take Bryce out, he could end up being a fine quarterback. C.J. Stroud is doing things right now spectacular. And that game at home, it's a 4-4 four and four team all of a sudden in the playoff hunt because of one player right now. And that kid is awesome. When we return, we'll start there. C.J. Stroud had the best game as a rookie we've seen maybe ever. Texans to start. Never thought I'd say that this year.
1: to start listening.
0: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
3: All right, college basketball tips off today, and there's still time to get your copy of our annual betting guide. This year's guide includes Matt Eumann's top 25 rankings – Who could be this season's Florida Atlantic? All 32 conferences previewed. Wooden Warden candidates, future and season-long prop bets. The only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can sign up now for $120 and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do until May 1. So May 1st That's all college basketball season long. March Madness and beyond. For only 120 bucks, you can sign up today at vcin.com/slash-subscribe. Great to have college basketball. I know Amal Shaw fired up about that. I've got we've got our boy from the Borgata Racing Sportsbook director Thomas Gable sending him picks already. So I'll get to those coming up in just a bit. Of course, when TG sends them, they go on the sheet as well for subscribers. As we welcome you back here on Sharp Money. Again, week nine concludes tonight. I'm Patrick Maher, Dustin Sweetelson, Amal Shaw. So week nine tonight, the Jets, were all of a sudden on a bit of a heater with Zach Wilson, or I guess in spite of Zach Wilson, the Chargers over at DraftKings are laying three and a half, the total of 41. We'll get to that matchup coming up in just a little bit. Uh, but we're going to have like, love, loathe. And I don't want to give too much away as to where I'm going to point to, but I mentioned this one, Amal. I said, you know what? Look. You just got to clear out in Carolina. First off, I don't know how Frank Wright got another job. That's a disaster. Uh, They were embarrassed yesterday at home by Indianapolis, a team that's not very good. We know this. But they had a job to do. And it's not our jobs. We get in here and we say, well, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, and we take a shot. These guys get paid handsomely to analyze these players. And right now, passing at one on C.J. Stroud, who goes two overall to the Texans, that's a fireable offense for anybody in Carolina. There were questions about the size, of course, with Bryce Young. No such questions with C.J. Stroud. And yesterday, as a a two-and-a-half, what, three-point favorite somewhere in there, it's a, not a cover at 39-37, but a win for Houston, and all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate. Nine, nine games into his career, whatever it is, just a ridiculous performance, record-setting as he throws for 470. That's the most passing yards by a rookie ever. Five touchdowns, let me count the picks, zero uh, the Bucks scored with 46 seconds to go to take a four-point lead. Stroud leads the Texans on a 75-yard, six-play, game-winning drive. They needed a touchdown, obviously. They got one. He's unflappable. He's got 14 touchdowns, just one pick. Again, the Texans, who we're going to be a part of the conversation as far as how high they'd be drafting, not Playoff contention with a new coach and D'Amico Ryans are sitting at four and four. Just an otherworldly performance and a great, not good, start to Stroud's career, Amal.
5: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I actually went back a couple of weeks ago and I watched the Georgia game just from every play that CJ Stroud made. There's a clip on YouTube you can see against Georgia. And I gotta tell you, Patrick, if you watch tape of that game. There's no question who should have been the first overall pick. Uh, I don't know if Stroud gets off to this good of a start in Carolina as he has in Houston. Give D'Amico Ryans, Bobby Slovic uh, all this credit for what they've done. Tank Dell, who they drafted in the third round out of Houston. But, Patrick, I want to take you through the drive very quickly. They had two timeouts remaining, 46 seconds. I thought the team utilized their timeouts so extremely well. First play to Schultz, he gets about 15 yards, a quick timeout. Then another play to Schultz, they use a timeout. Noah Brown with a completion, they spike the ball. And I'm going to tell you right now, so far for me this year, and I haven't seen every pass, but the throw to Tank Dell over the cornerback and uh, just in front of the safety Just it was an incredible throw on the left side of the field where he gets out of bounds before the touchdown pass, Patrick. I thought that was the best throw Stroud has made so far in his career. And then he hits Dell. I think it was on a post route there for the touchdown. And it was just an unbelievable play. This team deserves a ton of credit. And I got to tell you, I watched a lot of the post game pressers there is a vibe and an electricity that exists in yep. Houston right now that hasn't been there with the football team in a long, long time. And there's a belief in number seven, when they've got the football, they're going to be able to win the game. And you're absolutely right. How did they miss on him? Well, we've got Bryce Young throwing pick sixes. C.J. Stroud now is at 14 touchdowns and one interception in his career. I mean, this guy, I love what he called himself, a ball placement specialist. That's exactly what he does. He puts the ball in a place where only his guys are going to get it. The Houston Texans, look, the AFC is so crowded. We see the AFC North right now if the season ended. All four teams are in the playoffs. But this is going to be a fun team to watch. And I'm telling you right now, he has turned Nico Collins, Tank Dell, Noah Brown, and Dalton Schultz in the players. And teams are taking notice saying, if we don't have the right quarterback, we got to keep drafting until we get the right one because that's going to be the key to building our program.
3: Not only did he pass for 470, that total was the most by a rookie, the second most, 433 by Andrew Luck, so it's not even close. Also, not a rookie, just a quarterback. Stroud became the third quarterback in NFL history to throw for at least 470 and five touchdowns with no picks. The other two, Ben Roethlisberger and YA Tittle. I mean, it's unbelievable. And the Texans, Amal just mentioned it, big guy. Like you want to talk about vibes. Fairbairn gets hurt. They've got a running back kicking field goals. It's just it's spectacular right now. And usually I wouldn't go for a defensive guy, but it does appear that D'Amico Ryans, he brought the offensive coordinator with him over from San Francisco and said, go ahead, do what you want with the offense. I'll learn on the fly to become a head coach and it's tremendous right now in Houston. Uh,
4: the game is very slow for C.J. Stroud, and D'Amico Ryans as a leader looks 100% spot on. I don't even care that he was a great defensive coordinator in San Francisco at this point. It just seems like he knows how to lead an organization. It was absolutely the right hire for a multitude of reasons, also because of his ties to the organization, right? Like, he just fits this spot so well. Things are going as well as they possibly could. He is down in coach of the year odds, 6-1. to one. Last Friday, he was 10 to 1. Guys, I think there is a very good chance D'Amico Ryans will be in the mix for that award. The guys above him, Mike McDaniel, they can't beat anyone who's good, and Dan Campbell with the Lions, where it feels like if he was going to win the award, it was a year ago. I wouldn't bet it at 6 to 1, but to me, it feels like D'Amico Ryans, Mike Tomlin, and throw another name in there. But that's who should be coach of the year right now. Let's hear from the Coach of the Year candidate. This was him yesterday talking about his rookie's performance.
6: It's a gutsy performance from him. It wasn't all clean, but he gutted it out. He was tough in the pocket, made some plays, right, made some big-time throws for us. And the receivers, they were reliable for him. They made those catches. They made tough catches, made big plays for us. So it's all those guys working together. But C.J. was just a very gutsy performance by him.
3: Great quote.
5: I, I tell you what, guys. Stroud throws for 325 in the second half out of 470. Scores on five out of six drives in the second half. They have one three and out. They ended up punting on. It was just incredibly impressive what he was able to do. Uh, four. I mean, it was just incredible. 29 points scored in that four, uh, second half. Excuse me. I
4: also want to point out because they lost Fairburn and because they didn't have a kicker, they were going for it on fourth down when they were you know in the opponent's ter- in Tampa Bay's territory. They had to go for two every single time. This game shouldn't have been or wouldn't have been as close as it was at the end had they had a healthy kicker because they were clearly the better of the two teams.
3: Yeah. I wrote down, they're not babying him as well. When talking about CJ Stroud and the Texans, he was seven for 10 for two fourteen and three touchdowns of throws of at least 15 yards. So it's not like that yards per attempt. Isn't there. He is stretching the field. you like to see that specifically that shows confidence and a young signal caller. I, you can't say enough. You can't you cannot look. We went off on we talked about will Levis uh, last week. second start looks like the guy. It, it, it's a home run. I mean, cJ. Stroud, then you can put the numbers aside. I think one of you two just said at the eyeball test is, outstanding right
5: now uh, he, he's fantastic and I'll tell you the other thing how about the fact that this team has done it with a slew of different offensive linemen they had so many so many injuries they didn't have Laramie Tunsil on the left side to start the season the running game has been non-existent they couldn't run the football yesterday this was all Stroud getting it done I mean you, you look at this team they had 26 first downs yesterday two by penalty 22 by pass and only two by rushing I mean that tells you the lack of consistency in the running game He's just been outstanding, and I think there's a confidence that has just continued to grow. And Patrick, I remember the one thing when I made in Survivor the play on Jacksonville in Week 3. What concerned me a little bit was I said, watching the second half of the Texans-Colts game, I said, man, he started throwing the ball. It looked like he got his confidence, and the coming out party was in Jacksonville. And now he's just grown and elevated from there, and now to lead this team down the field. Remember, he did it in Atlanta. They didn't hold on defensively to the lead, but when they needed a touchdown, he found Schultz in the end zone. They get the touchdown, they take the lead. Yesterday, two timeouts, 46 seconds. You know, Dak Prescott gets helped by a 40-yard pass interference call and then a couple other Eagles penalties. They can't capitalize. This guy takes it the full way, 75 yards, gets it done, and they walk out with the
3: W. W. I'm glad you brought up that game for Survivor because we got bounced with the Jacksonville ticket as well, right, big guy? Yeah, I don't feel and as bad about it. I didn't feel it. bad about it. You want to know why? Houston was the better team, and Jacksonville right now is legit, like, that's a—they're a legit Super Bowl contender. I think we would all agree. Yeah. And Houston went to Jacksonville. That game was never a sweat. No, never.
5: Uh, you're absolutely right about that. We were on the wrong side there. But I will tell you what, guys, this is going to be a fun AFC when you start to look at these. By the way, real quick, Patrick, right now from Spurs, uh, there is a review. Raheem the Dream scored, and they've ruled it out. Handball, no goal. Still one nothing Spurs instead of Chelsea being level.
3: Let's go. Spurs. Well, you just brought up the AFC. Who's the best team in the AFC? Houdet Could yes. be. We'll come back. Discuss. Another. Did Chelsea just score? Is that what I saw? Patrick, you are living well. Another
5: goal disallowed for Chelsea. Out. Yeah, offsides. I don't know if they're going to VAR yet. This is a hell of a game right yeah, now. Goal Spurs. Yeah, goal
3: disallowed. Offsides. <laughs> so that's just if you're counting at home. I got Tottenham plus 140. They go up 1-0 in the sixth minute. Chelsea, 28 minutes in, have scored three goals. All three have been disallowed. What? There's no chance I lose now. <laughs> After the second, I said there's no chance I win. After the third disallowed, there's no chance I lose. The... That's, how this, that's how this racket works. You're I'm living sorry. right. You are living right. I mean, I'm not even sweating it anymore. As a matter of fact, where I'm following, because I don't have Peacock, because hello, who has Peacock? And they keep emailing me that I've got to renew. I'm like, renew what, Peacock? I can, anyway, I won't get into it. Uh, But the place that I'm following, Tottenham, Chelsea, this is EPL, uh, they've still got it 1-1. So I think they're just banking on Chelsea having one of these goals allowed. All right, you can get uh, Nigel Sealy's EPL picks when you sign up. Become a Veasan Pro today at Veasan and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get unlimited access to our Veasan.com/picks page. You can sort by sport. How's the big guy doing with the picks, Matcho? I told you he goes on runs. I'm it's on like a run. His life. I'm on a he run. He goes on a good run. He goes on a heater. And then he ends up back in the emergency room. <laughs> Event date and more. Check the top Veasan experts leaderboard to view betting records, profit, ROI, and see which Veasan expert has the hot hand. You can sign up for $120. Get all the college basketball as well. Veasan.com/slash/subscribe. I interrupted you. Go ahead.
4: 14 and seven one weekend. Pretty pretty solid. Um, college was better than NFL for me, which was the first this year. Felt good to be back. Nice job. Good college.
3: work. Good work. God, how'd you do over the weekend, all?
4: I did pretty
5: well. Alabama was my big He's play. being humble. He the, did really well. The, the Crimson Tide rolled, and then I, I thought the Bengals line at two, Patrick, was a joke. There was. I know we're not going to sit there and be biased and say the Bengals are the best team in the AFC. This morning, I popped the Bengals again at 12-1. to 1. I said, I'm sorry. I don't know what you people are looking at. The Chiefs don't even know what the word offense means, and the Miami Dolphins are Rutgers, and I'll get into that a little bit later on, but it's it's unbelievable right now what's transpiring in the AFC who day is coming just like they always do after about three four weeks into the season
3: okay so I think you could line it up right now boys and go all 32 at even money and I think there's a chance you bet the Bengals I say that because just weeks ago when this team was one in three we got them at 40 to one now again Anything can happen. We're not counting the money yet. We're not not counting the money. (laughs) One and three start. Five and three after four straight wins. And I thought last night was really the measuring stick because, look, I think Josh Allen is better than – I think he gets crushed a lot. He doesn't have a ton of help. They can't run the football. You talked about McDermott, who we'll hear from. The Bills head coach, but this really comes down to Joe Scheiste. I like that nickname. This comes down to Joe Burrow. And really, he started with those first two drives. I wrote it down 11 of 14 and two touchdowns. And that was it. The Bengals never trailed. They only needed three points in the second half, but they were the better team. They're just, they're better than the Bills right now. And he. Burrow was moving well, picking up first downs with his legs. T Higgins, when Chase doesn't pop, goes for eight and one ten, getting two tight ends involved. The defense held Buffalo to 18 points and 317 total yards. This is is starting. Look, a lot can happen once you get to the dance and you get to the postseason. We're going to have fun. I mean, we've got a legit f- live 40 to 1 ticket on a team right now that you might take out even money. I love this Bengals team. I'm excited. Uh, t- Buffalo, conversely, them all, the turnovers and no run game. That is, we can go week to week, and oftentimes it's going to be Allen who has a bad turnover. But it, I didn't necessarily put all of this on him yesterday, but turnovers, the lack of a run game. They don't hold the ball. Time of possession isn't going to be in their favor. Just 68 rush yards for the Bills, and 44 of them come from Allen. So, again, the better team won, who day?
5: Well, I'll tell you what, watching that game last night, Patrick, I never felt like. Cincinnati was in trouble at all even when they were down excuse me when the Bills cut it to six and you thought okay if Buffalo scores a touchdown they're going to be able to take the lead with the extra point it just never felt like there was going to be an opportunity to slow them down I thought Cincinnati when they got towards the Buffalo side of the field had some self-inflicted wounds made some minor mistakes here and there they couldn't stop these guys I mean when it was necessary Mixon would make a play it'd be uh, Jamar Chase they were just so consistent in terms of what they were doing and you referenced it if I didn't tell you and you're watching the Bengals for the first time last night, you would have never known Joe Burrow is coming off of an injury.
3: He looked awesome. And it's almost like you can almost watch a dude getting more confident. And as he his confidence is really his key. Whereas Allen, when Allen gets confidence, he, he becomes reckless. When Burrow gets confident, he's just better than anybody. Uh, you, that, it, it, like, it, it, it's just an innate thing in him, and it, he's a scary dude to play against once he gets that swagger.
5: Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers said this about C.J. Stroud recently. He goes, on, he goes, ball security is job security. As good as Josh Allen can be, guys, I'm going to tell you, there's other quarterbacks I'm starting to think are better than Josh Allen because of his propensity to turn it over. The pick that he threw in that game last night, I mean, that was just a regular, just a, a go-route, and he underthrew the ball. I, I mean, just yeah. the mistakes he's making are too inconsistent. Chelsea just scored. Oh, they, okay, so they changed the VAR decision. It was about a four-minute decision here, and they updated. They, they
3: changed it to a penalty.
5: Oh, that's what they were looking at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, All right, I'm bitter. Sorry to <laughs> interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. Um, Is that been a red card? No. Oh, we'll have no, to, my, oh my God. I'm like, that would change the whole dynamics of this game. Yeah, but
3: Romero is off. Red card.
5: Oh, that should not have been a red card. Give me a break. Yeah, I know. Oh, I, it, you don't understand. This well, is a great matchup. This. this is like the Bengals-Bills last night, but with actual scoring. But we got penalties calling it back every time Burrow well, scores the touchdown.
3: Look, Tottenham could go on to tie it at home yeah. at 1-1, but with the red card, I can't win it. That sucks. Anyway, I apologize.
5: Oh my God! The the ball was almost saved. The goaltender knocks it and goes off the post and in on the penalty kick because we're bitter. behind. Oh, this is I'm unbelievable. Bitter. But you know, Josh Allen, the, the turnovers are a problem with him, and until he uh, rectifies that, I think this Buffalo team's got some issues. They didn't get the ball a, a ton to digs. I love Dalton Schultz. We know. I'm sorry, not Dalton Schultz. Dalton K- Kincaid. Um, he's tremendous. But you referenced it, Patrick. Lack of running game with this team. And by the way, guys. I was not impressed with this Buffalo defense. Oh, no, the Jackson, defense is done. It's toast. Jacksonville, Miami, Kansas City, uh, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Houston. These teams are going to be able to move the ball against this Buffalo
4: defense. Losing two players, Matt Milano, Tredavious yeah. White, should not be... Vi- I, I know that they're really good players. I get that. You should be able to understand what your shortcomings are as a defense and scheme it up different.
5: I think losing Tremaine Edmonds to Chicago in the offseason was also a big
3: blow. I think you could only say right now... If we're being fair, if we just threw all thirty-two at even money and said pick a Super Bowl winner, if you had to, I think you'd only say Philly, San Francisco, and Baltimore. I, those would be in discussion to
4: go ahead of the Bengals. Is that am I uh, off? They all have warts ahead of them. Everyone above them has warts. The Chiefs certainly have issues on offense. The Eagles. Jalen Hurts is not healthy, and they keep having. I these didn't close even mention games. the Chiefs. <laughs> That's I know, disrespectful, yeah. but the the I Niners mean. have lost three in a row. Definitely susceptible this year. The Ravens will find out in division how they stack up, and then above them is the Cowboys and the Dolphins, who are the same organization right now, and then the Lions. I, I have one and a half
5: teams ahead of Cincinnati. Right not, right now, excuse me, right now, Philadelphia has to deserve some credit for the way they just continue to find ways to win football games. They look like they were going to collapse late in the game. They make the plays when necessary against Dallas, and they get the victory. San Francisco is a team I would consider, but we saw the Bengals go in there and take out a not a completely healthy 49ers team. I'm not a believer right now in this Kansas City team. They get a defensive touchdown. The offense has two drives and decides to take the rest of the trip to go sightseeing at Buckingham Palace. I have no idea what the hell they were doing yesterday over in London. Oh, excuse me, in Germany. Sorry, wrong, wrong reference Whatever. point. But you get what I'm saying. This team is <laughs> it's bad. A long trip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My analogies, my analogies are about as good as Casey's offense yeah, right now. You
4: crossed the axes and the allies. <laughs> yeah, I did.
3: <laughs> That's a great line. That's a great that is, line. That is the, the. You know what? Line of the week. <laughs> that is and the. A lot of them, we got a Monday. 39 to... <laughs> minutes in. He's going to be proud of him, so he's going to call me after the show. And You're welcome. About that line. Oh, my God. 2-1 Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 2-1 Chelsea? No, no, no. Another no, offsides. I was never. Okay, no, but still, no. I was never are in this these, match. Are these NFL reps? I, a lot it of flags. seems like it. I'm telling you right now, Lad Brooks must have all the money on Chelsea because Tottenham's getting every call. I've never been in a match less than I'm in this top <laughs> with a red card. I'm playing with ten guys big guy oh gross Anywho. Like me in freshman
4: year
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh. <laughs>
4: <laughs> You're so
3: stupid. I hate you. Uh, next, Cincinnati. Called <laughs> experiment, <No>. Patrick. <laughs> no, I, I, dude, I'm not judging. I just got. I'm a little shook. Uh, next, Cincy. All of a sudden, Cincy hosting Houston is going to be quite interesting. And Buffalo hosts the Broncos, who have won two straight. So that's where we stand right now. I, I agree. I think there's one or two teams that even money we take. Who, who, how many do you have in front of the Bengals right now?
4: I'd say the. I don't know if I could say the Ravens. Nope. I don't know. I I think the Bengals are pointing straight up. Again, like me freshman year, not anymore. Okay.
3: See, that one could have been left alone. I don't think you have the Raiders in front of the Bengals. However, they're in the mix, and they're next.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss.
3: to start listening. Okay, DraftKings bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you sign up as a new customer using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Of course, all customers every day at DraftKings get a no-sweat same-game parlay. Make sure you check it out. 5 bucks to get 200 instantly at DraftKings using the promo code SHARP. DraftKings, the crown is yours. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Swedelson, I'm Patrick Maher, sweating Tottenham, Chelsea, Monday Night Football in the UK. Tottenham down a player, 10 players right now, of course, on the pitch. Now, it, it's almost like with Josh McDaniels, he, I felt bad for him how hard the Raiders were playing <laughs> yesterday. It's like, dude, you must hate that guy. Josh Jacobs hadn't run that inspired since, obviously, they had the issue with the franchise tag and Devontae Adams was blocking on the outside, everybody pulling for each other, and it was a resounding win over the Giants. We talked about it at the onset of the show. Daniel Jones, you could tell, non-contact injury, went down early in this game. He's done for the year with the ACL. A 30-6 winner for the Las Vegas Raiders, who are in the mix at 4-5, and five. and we talked about that first game with an interim head coach regardless of sport it's not generally going to last for much longer but you can always kind of count on that first game where there's going to be motivation and it's like Josh McDaniels might have been the problem there in Las Vegas I, I know Dustin you have the story from Glazer and, and maybe you can paraphrase for me they had a big time meeting last Thursday where McDaniels did McDaniels things but just quickly uh Crosby was awesome we talked about Josh Jacobs being awesome Aiden O'Connell looked competent, and it was just an ass-whooping. Uh, pardon my French, but this really wasn't a game, 30-6 to 6 for the Raiders. Why don't we start with the end for Josh McDaniels?
4: Yeah, so Jay Glazer, Fox Sports reports during uh, the pregame show yesterday about Antonio Pierce having a shot to keep the job and then went over some weird things that went on towards the end of the McDaniels regime. Uh, one was Pierce spoke at a meeting on behalf of McDaniels to the coaching staff and the team. Uh, Pierce said that the team needs its own culture and he cited the 2007 Giants, who he was a part of, who believed that they could win every game that they played in. He said the Raiders need that mindset. So after that meeting, after he gets everyone all fired up and ready to go, McDaniels goes up to him and says, Don't ever talk about the Patriots like that. And according to Glazer, then you really saw how divided the building got. That got up to Mark Davis, the owner, and Davis looked at it and went, okay, I'm going to choose the guy who believes we can win every single week. And that's what it looked like on Sunday.
3: Yeah, good summation. And by the way, going up to Pierce after he asked him to go in there and do his job and motivate the team. Right. So he literally handpicked Pierce to do it. He then handpicked Pierce as his replacement based on his reaction to picking Pierce to motivate the team. Now, let's hear from Antonio Pierce, who this look generally like a Jeff Saturday situation. You need kind of an, a reverent owner. And of course, there's an irreverent owner with Indianapolis. If you saw the scene in the locker room after the game and Mark, da- Mark Davis, though, I will say one thing. The haircut's weird, and he's kind of a weird dude, but that white satin Raiders jacket that he's always wearing is pretty sweet. I, I don't I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly like yeah. what you're talking about.
5: That, yeah,
4: yeah. that white satin Raiders jacket is fire. Yeah, so I'm going to call an audible here. We had one plan for the audio and stuff we were going to hear from Pierce. First, let's go to the locker room. We don't have the the video of them smoking cigars because there's no sound from it, but this was his locker room speech to the team following the win, just so we can get a vibe for how fired up
6: they were. New chapter, we writing our own script. Write our own script, man, that's just one step, man. You guys know how this go. But more importantly, man, this is about us. This is about you. You guys made up your f***ing minds, what we was going to do, and we did it. Exactly what the we said, and then we did it. Hey, man, I know the coaches, the whole organization, the whole building's proud as more importantly, I'm happy for you guys. That was rough the last two weeks. Biggest window, the front window. And guess what? Every door we go into, we're kicking that from now on. But no thanks about it, man. Hey, man, you know what this time is? I'll see you. Wednesday! All
3: right, so that is, that's an old hockey trick for an NFL coach. When you get your first win as an interim head coach, you give him Tuesday off. And you say, I'll see you on Wednesday. That kind of keeps him motivated. And you heard, it wasn't, we weren't buffering. There were about 100 F-bombs in the mix there with Antonio Pierce, just so you know why it was kind of skipping like that.
5: A few things, first of all. I think the fact that so many captains in that meeting came out and spoke out against Josh McDaniels tells you a lot of the state of the culture of the Raiders at that point in time. You know, we've been critical of Mark Davis in the past, but I think he deserves a ton of credit, Patrick, for saying, you know what, I'm going to eat the money on Mark D- uh, uh, Josh McDaniels' contract, even though I already owe John Gruden money. This was the prudent move for this team. And I hate to say it like this because there are guys that didn't play in the National Football League, like Nick Sirianni gets his guys to respond, other coaches, Andy Reid. But I think there's a certain amount of cachet that Antonio Pierce carries that Josh McDaniels just didn't. Also, the other thing is I think McDaniels' reputation, guys know other players on other teams, and I think McDaniels' reputation is not particularly a strong one among players within the league that are outside of the Patriots organization. To me, for him to be worried about Antonio Pierce – disparaging the 07 Patriots he goes don't ever talk about the Patriots like that are you kidding me get over it you lost you were 17 and no you didn't close out the Giants beat you with Plaxico Burrows and uh, Eli Manning give me a break get over that and Pierce has brought in a level of energy and enthusiasm this team has been lacking from the start of the season not saying they're going to make a push for the wild card but I'll tell you one thing the Raiders are not a, not a team you're looking at in Survivor going yeah I'm going to play them because they're against the Raiders
3: now Totally agree. And by the way, I'm not so sure why we're supposed to hate Mark Davis, other than the fact that he's not his dad, and his dad's a freaking legend, and it appears he cuts his hair with a butter knife. That's weird. (laughs) he he likes P.F. Chang's hello so do I like I'm not so sure outside of that like I, one thing I do know I went to a WNBA game when I was in town there in Vegas he was sitting front row supporting the WNBA he goes to every event in Vegas like I don't know, and Amal brought up a good point. Like This is a guy that's cash-strapped, and he's paying McDaniels and Gruden both to go away for the right of the team, the betterment of the team.
5: Not, Not to speak for anybody else, but my observation, the only reason why there's disdain towards Mark Davis, you mentioned the haircut. I think people like it's easy shot to take at him. But I think the idea that this guy inherits a football team worth billions of dollars, I think it's just a little bit of the nepotism disdain but other than that you're right Patrick I don't think there's any reason to dislike him you absolutely summarized it perfectly he's there with the Aces celebrating they've won back-to-back titles you have to give him credit for that he made a move that's prudent for the franchise going forward I think it just changes the disposition of Devontae Adams Aiden O'Connell's got a chance now you're going to find out if he's your quarterback Josh Jacobs is now running like he's playing against Oklahoma in the college football playoff this team has a vibe that has been lacking for the previous eight games
3: Yep, Hunter Renfro all of a sudden yeah. was given effort. <laughs> that's <was> hilarious. <laughs> Renfro hated McDaniels.
4: Also, but he passion. also probably doesn't like the cursing either, though.
5: Well, that's fine. But oh,
4: is he God-fearing? I believe so. Uh, Antonio Pierce, though, let's hear more from him. Because he went to the podium and talked about how this team responded. On, by the way, it was a short week for everyone.
6: <clears throat> yeah, we talked about that pride and poise and just getting back to being ourselves. You know what I mean? Uh, everything that's going on is in front of us, not behind us. And the team effort you saw today um, is what we displayed in practice on Thursday and Friday, and I'm proud of those guys for that. up there, my stomach was, uh, I had them butterflies before the game. Uh, that hasn't happened but two other times in my life, and um, it was special, very special.
3: I mean, the vibes are immaculate. Like He, def- he definitely has a presence, and I think to be competent not necessarily competent but to be successful you have to be smart enough to delegate and you have to have a big enough personality to galvanize uh that's the opposite of mcdaniels who's a play caller that doesn't
4: galvanize and as part of like love loathe, coming up in the next hour He will be part of mine, and I'll explain why I think he's going to keep this job and who he compares to and why it makes a lot of sense.
5: I I love Patrick's point on Antonio Pierce's ability to galvanize. This is only his second year coaching in the National Football League. For people that are not familiar with Pierce's background, from SoCal, played at U of A, plays for the uh, Commanders and the Redskins, excuse me, and the Giants for nine years, and then coaches at Long Beach Poly High School in Southern California at Arizona State with Herm Edwards and uh, guys like uh, Mawai and some other uh, um, who was the Bengals' uh, former head coach? Marvin Lewis was there as well. And he has stepped in in this role as the linebackers coach and now the interim head coach. And I think it's his personality, Patrick. You talked about it when we saw the press conference the other day. I love how real he was. He comes out, he goes, listen, I'm from Compton, California. You know, NWA was part of the culture. The Raiders are part of it. He has brought an energy and an enthusiasm that has been lacking with this team. Yep. I'm not saying or suggesting this team's going to be in the playoffs because the AFC is so crowded right now. But I think the fact that the Raiders are no longer a team, you go, and that's a win on the schedule. There is an energy that is palpable with this team right now.
3: Cool cool anecdote about Antonio Pierce. Years ago, I was working at SiriusXM, 49th and 6th. So, like, when you're watching TV during Christmas and you see the big tree, the offices were right there. And I was using the urinal, and I looked to my left, and it's Antonio Pierce with a Jansport backpack on. And I'm like, what's Antonio Pierce doing at the radio station? He was interning for the week for Howard Stern because he wanted to get in broadcast, and he said Howard's the best to ever do it and asked if he could intern for Stern for one week. Did it. They all loved him. Gives you an idea, a look inside his mind. It's pretty interesting. Like, love, loathe next.